We're in Doctrine and Covenants section 70. And the big thing that stands out to me is the parable of the ten talents. Where the stewards or his servants are given part of the master's money. And then he leaves town and comes back and asks what they did with it. And you all know the account, the one with five makes five more, the one with two makes two more, and the one with one buries it. And it is taken away and given to the one with five. And keep that in mind um, as we read through this and we talk about being stewards of all that the Lord has given us. Everything is God's. And we have claim to nothing <laughs> It's all his, but he has given us the opportunity to come to earth and be stewards in callings and over amounts of money and in jobs and in um, positions of being bishops and parents and in all of that. We are stewards. It's all God's. And we will answer for what we have done as stewards, for what he has given us the opportunity to be over or manage. Okay, I love in verse 2 that it says, I give unto them a commandment, wherefore hearken and hear. And the reason I love that is as I read that, I had come into my mind immediately when my kids were little and they would put their hands on both sides of my face and they would say, Mom, listen. And it was like, stop looking around, stop doing whatever else you're doing and just focus on me and show me that you hear me and are listening. And I love that. I think it's just such a sweet um, analogy to think the Lord is telling us the way I know that you hear is that you hearken and that you do what I ask. That's how you show that you heard me. And it's the same thing with our kids. You show that you hear me when you do what I ask, when you obey what I have asked you to do. And so I think that's really cool that the Lord starts that way. Okay, so in verses 3, um, that's where he starts to say he has appointed these men to be stewards over the revelations and the commandments which he has given. And then he says in four that he will require an accounting for this stewardship when he comes to them. And he has entrusted to, to them this calling. And then I love in verse six, it says, wherefore a commandment I give unto them that they shall not give these things to the church, neither to the world. And immediately into my mind came those scriptures that say, um, do not give dogs that which is holy or cast thy pearls before swine. <laughs> but I love if you look at the footnotes, it says in Moses 1, 42, show them not to any except they believe. And then in Moses 4, <coughs> 32, show them to no man until I command you. And I love that. Because if you look in um, the topical guide or the, I looked up on the internet, it said, when it says casting your pearls before swine, I looked up and searched what that meant. It says to those it is not helpful to or valuable to. 
And that's so important because so often we want to impart our wisdom or what we have learned throughout our life to our children. And it's so frustrating to us that they don't hear what we're saying and or that they don't just start out in their life from from our ending point. Like we want them to gain all of this knowledge we have and start from there. And we forget that it took a lifetime of acquiring that knowledge and oftentimes through hard things. And so I really love that because it really is wait until they're ready to hear it. And that takes someone who is very in tune with the spirit. And I can remember one time praying in conference um, about my children and how to be a more effective mother. And I at this time had um, a son who was away from the gospel. And so this was just something that pressed on my mind constantly. And I'll never forget the general authority who spoke said, sometimes it's important that we as parents, and this is me paraphrasing, learn when to shut our mouths. And several of my kids texted me and said, mom, this is your talk. (laughs) And that is true because virtually what it took a long time for me to understand is every time I would send a scripture or a thought to this son, what he heard was, you're not enough you're not doing what I have asked and I don't love you till you do that thing. And that's not at all the message I wanted to send. I so wanted this son to have peace and happiness in his life. But I had to trust that so did God. And what I really wanted that son to know was that I still loved him, that I was still there and so did God and he would forgive And that's such an important lesson. So I love that it says that it's waiting until it's helpful or valuable to them. So love that. Okay, Um, let's jump down. Behold, in verse 9, this is what the Lord requires of every man in his stewardship. So again, that that word, stewardship. Even as I, the Lord, have appointed or shall hereafter appoint unto any man, in verse 10, and behold, none are exempt from this law who belong to the church of the living God. And then if you go to 11, yea, neither bishop nor agent, neither the Lord's storehouse, neither he who is appointed in stewardship over temporal things. So virtually everything, everything, spiritually, temporally, that we are given a calling to as parents, um, monetarily, everything is God's and we will be accountable for how we operated under him. And I love that the church has those programs now, financial, um, that class that you can go to and learn. And the biggest aha for my husband and I, when we went through the financial class and being temporally, um, accountable to God and and getting ourselves in a better financial position is learning that all of that starts with a spiritual base that if we pray and use the Lord as a partner we will do better he will bless us and man that was such an incredible thing to us it it had never dawned on us um we thought we were using the Lord as a partner but not effectively we are stewards for all he has given us And it is all his. 
And that was just such a big aha. So I love that in these verses, it really talks about that. You are stewards as parents over your children. They are his. You are stewards financially. You are stewards in your callings. And we will be accountable for how we do all of it. None are exempt in verse 10. Okay, um, let's see. I'm looking. Oh, this is what I wanted to end with in verses 17 and 18. And I love this. And it does go through in 16 for food, for raiment, for an inheritance in houses, for lands, whatever circumstances I, the Lord, shall place them. So it's all things spiritually, temporally. But I love this in verse 17. For they have been faithful over many things and have done well inasmuch as they have not sinned. And immediately came to my mind, Matthew 25, 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And it does end in 18. Enter into the joy of these things. Um, truly, it will be joyful. For the Lord to look at us and be pleased with what we have done. As these servants came to give an accounting to their master of what they had done with what he had given them. The five talents, the two talents, the one talent. To let, to know that the Lord is pleased with what he, we have done, with what he has blessed us with. What a great feeling that will be. One of the stories that um, I read in studying for this that was really awesome um, in the background, the revelations in context, is it talked about Newell K. Whitney. And, and they started this united firm with several of these men and these men who are in charge of these revelations. And it it is the united order, but several men covenanted and signed a contract with each other and covenanted with the Lord that they would be stewards and that they would share what they had with each other so that they could print the book of Revelation, so that they had lands, so that they had resources to do what the Lord was asking them to do. And it said in this revelation in context that Newell K. Whitney in 1834, so it's going to be a couple years from now, forgives Oliver Cowdery, Joseph Smith, and Sidney Rigdon $3,600 in debt, just forgives them. And it says in there, there was no ever a statement from him of bitterness for that. He followed the Lord, he followed the prophet not only spiritually, but temporally, in temporal matters, and just forgave that debt and never mentioned it again. And that was so touching to me because what an example of being a steward of God, trusting that the prophet is the mouthpiece of God, but he's still a human person, and that he wants the same thing that Newell K. Whitney wants, and that is God's kingdom on the earth and to help build it. And so what is $3,600? Nothing. And so I'm going to forgive that debt because in this revelation that will come, God has asked me, the prophet Joseph Smith said, God has asked for me to forgive it. And so he does. And I love that story because I really truly believe that is what we are all here to do is to remember and forgive one another our weaknesses and our faults, but to remember we are one 
in our desire to follow Christ and to look at one another as stewards and realize we realize that we're all doing the best we can to be stewards over what the Lord has blessed us with and to help one another by loving one another and supporting one another to do that the best we can. I so love that message. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.